What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode four of my photography podcast. I just want to celebrate for a second. Getting to episode four for me is kind of a big deal because, uh, you know, I wasn't quite sure I was going to get here. And that sounds crazy because you're like, man, it's only four episodes, dude. Get with it. Just talk to some people and do it. Um, and you're right. I, that's what I should do. And that's what I'm trying to get started again today. I read somewhere that most podcasts only go to three episodes. So I'm winning a little bit by getting to my fourth. And my fourth is really awesome. It was a lot of fun to talk to Joshua Redwine, a Lincoln-based photographer here in Nebraska, who um, mostly focuses on landscapes, but he's also uh, prolific as far as doing portraits and some other things. Uh, but I know him through his landscapes and his his awesome Instagram uh, account, which I've been following for a long time. And what I got out of this conversation, I guess, number one, I learned something, which is don't turn the audio off. Um, until you're totally, totally, until you've ended the conversation and hung up. Because Joshua and I talked for a little bit after we had recorded our our little session, and I screwed up, you know, and I should have kept the recording on because he said this, he said a really cool quote. He said, "Photography is my church," and I just think that is awesome. Uh, it's a great quote. He even said that he's like, "Man, we should have kept the recording on. That's a good that, that you know that, that that was something good," and he's right. Uh, I think I've never heard it said that way, and it's really profound. I think that's the exact same way for me. When I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling like I need to push myself forward, sometimes to get me out of that funk, no matter what it is in my life, whether it's personal or, or you know, I'm a teacher, so maybe something happened at school. If I could pick up a camera and go out shooting for a little bit and get some, you know, they don't even have to be great images. The act of going out there and taking pictures is fulfilling, and I think that was um, something that I'm going to remember from this conversation. Uh, Joshua and I also talk about how he got started. We talk about how we are dealing with things in COVID. Uh, and Joshua shares some stories from the road. And he also has some advice for uh, photographers out there who are maybe just getting started and, uh, and want to know more about how to get there. Uh, so I hope you love it. I really enjoyed talking to Joshua. It was, uh, it was almost an hour of conversation and I think we probably could have gone longer if we would have pushed it. Uh, if we would have just kept the audio going, I, uh, I could have seen that going. So um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, real quickly also, there is a photography community that I'm starting. I'm going to put a link below. If you're thinking about trying to get out of the social media cycle of likes or the judgment you might find on Facebook or any of that stuff, I'd love for you to join. It's part of the reason that I... Uh, I'm doing this whole thing and having conversations with with uh, other photographers is because I wanted something more authentic that I didn't really see out there. And so I figured I'd start something myself. So maybe we can grow into something a little bit bigger and go from there. So uh, without uh, talking too much more, let's go ahead and get right into the podcast. I'm here with Joshua Redwine, who um, Joshua is a Instagrammer that I've followed for many years now, and I've always loved your work, man. So I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the kind words. And this is one of those weird things where, uh, you know, I'd love to be able to get together and hang out in person, but uh, we have to be able to, to do something like this, right? Yeah, this the whole, it's weird. It's, it's, it's kind of the new normal. Um, I've been on a lot of Skype calls and Zoom calls since this thing started. So it's been kind of a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but we get used to it. Yeah, so how's that going for you? How's the the uh, the time of COVID happening for you? How's it how's it working? You know, I I'm, I like everybody else got hit pretty hard. You know, um, I'm an artist, and a lot of my livelihood depended on art sales and and being able to book photo shoots and those kind of things. And that kind of just dried up as COVID went on. So um, yeah, I mean, I got affected like everybody else, but um, I'm working now, so things are looking up and. Um, I'm, I'm anticipating I had a few um, people are interested in photo shoots coming up in August. So, I mean, things are starting to come back slowly, but it's just one of those things where I had to weather the storm for that first couple, three months just to kind of see where things were at. Yeah. And uh, this is like unprecedented. Uh, I know a lot of wedding photographers are really kind of freaking out. You know, the people that made their livelihood this year. Uh, do you, you don't do weddings or anything like that, do you? I have. I don't like to do them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I have, and yeah, and I've, I have a lot of friends who are just, yeah, that's what happened to them too. So it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird time and it's rough. And I, I empathize with a lot of people. 
but you're pretty lucky then you have a day job then. Yeah, yeah. So um, I wear a lot of hats and I kind of fell back into my mathematics hat <laughs> okay. that I have in my back Yeah, because originally you were, like, you were an engineer, right? Yeah. Um, I started out civil engineering and I worked for like the Department of Roads and um, a couple of architecture firms here and there. But uh, yeah, so when things kind of happen, I kind of switch gears and, and go back into that. Um, I never really gave up the math and science part of my life because I like math and science. But um, photography was way more fun. So, uh, yeah, that's how that goes. So how did you get into uh, photography? Like, what what was that? Like, how did you get into that, that path of photography? You know, it was very weird because um, I didn't have any photography interest or experience. And what, one of the weird things was I was working for the architecture firm back in um, 2012. And... I just needed something. I needed an outlet. I needed something to occupy myself because I was behind a desk 40 hours a week and I was doing that. So I just needed something. So I, I went on Craigslist and I found a, um, a, a camera. It was a Canon Rebel XS, you know, 10 megapixel little. Yeah, that, and that I, was like a little plasticky kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little plasticky kind of camera, Rebel XS. I picked it up. I think I bought it for like 80 bucks. Somebody was selling it on Craigslist and just went from there and... I really, I really gained a lot of interest in it. it. It's something that just came out of nowhere. It hit me like a freight train. It was weird. And, and, and I just, what year was that? This is like 2011, 2012, somewhere in that okay. range. All right. And uh, it was weird. I just caught the bug and I liked, I loved the gear and the technical aspect of it. And I, I loved, I fell in love with landscape photography. So that's kind of how it started. And it was, it was like, it was, like I said, it was, it was something that came out of nowhere. You know, I wasn't expecting to love photography this much. It was seriously just a random purchase, almost on, uh, on to get the Rebel. Yeah, it was a random purchase. I needed I needed an outlet, and um, I won't say it was completely random. I did used to have a little point and shoot Canon that I took along sure. with me on vacations, and I would take landscape pictures. And but I mean, I wasn't serious about it. It was just like, oh, that's pretty. Click. That's pretty. Click. You know, and it wasn't something that was like I was really trying to do. It was just document my vacations so that's my only background in photography really before this and the rest of it just kind of came out of nowhere no i totally get that i had no background in photography when i got into it i got into it when i was like uh my first year teaching i was given the job to teach photography and i had no i had never taken a picture before like really i didn't even have a point and shoot so they were like hey do you want to teach this class it's kind of part of your deal i'm like well i better figure it out yeah um so like you i probably just started shooting like crazy right yeah you just shoot like crazy you you, you walk around with it you look like an idiot because everybody's like what's this guy doing with this camera yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, the feeling absolutely. right absolutely yeah, yep. yeah you're the guy with the camera everywhere right yeah and i just have it around my neck i'm, I'm uh, it's it was it was weird so i mean it was fun i liked it and it's just something that just i couldn't put down how did you get man okay so this was around 2011, right? Yes. You said you you got really good really fast. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thank you, but like it didn't feel that way cuz a lot of my a lot of my first images were just really blurry and I couldn't figure out what I was doing and had the camera in the wrong settings, but it, it was an obsession for me. It was it was literally me picking it up every single day, going out and doing something with my camera. It was it was an obsession. I just couldn't put it down. It was the little more I learned and, and the more I, I experienced it, it was like, God, this is great. I can't wait to get outside and use my camera. So it became really kind of that. And I worked at it pretty much every day. And did your, did your like, you know, did your math background, your engineering background, did you like like F stops and you like the mathematics involved? Is that part of it? Yeah, I really do like that part of it too. And it's, it's, I think it's the perfect blend of technology and art. It really is. Sure. And, and mathematics and art, you know, it's, it's those kind of things. Um, and I like calculating the f-stops and, oh, I have to be at this to do this. And but Although nowadays I don't really think about that as much as I used to, but yeah, it's just kind of now it's just I know what to do. But back then it was sure. it was a lot of those. I struggled, man. I was really, when I first started, that was one of the biggest struggles for me. It was figuring out, like, I had a buddy who was a military photographer, and I remember, like, calling him up and being like, dude, what is this stuff? Yeah. I don't get anything about it, like shutter speed and what do you mean? Like I had no clue, man. I struggled really hard, but I've also never been a math guy. So, uh, for the longest time, I really just, just did not do very well. Yeah. And, um, it, it, it was, it was just fun. Like just trying to figure it out. I, I was in the same boat. I had friends that were trying to give me tips and this guy, um, he was a great photographer, friend of mine and he was light years ahead of me and still is. But, uh, 
he was trying to give me tips like set it on f8 and do the shutter speed i'm like what what's f what is that a tornado like (laughs) (laughs) it's a tropical storm it's an f8 storm so i didn't know what he was talking about but now now looking back i I know what he was trying to tell me and it's it was all good so so okay so you started getting into photography you had your rebel xs um when did you like start to think that this could be like the thing that you're um that you're really working toward i mean so when did you decide like i really want to make this happen um well what happened there was i think money was kind of a bigger motivator there (laughs) okay (laughs) because uh to be quite honest i wasn't enjoying my engineering career like at all and that was one of the things that had me seeking an outlet and um I was working for this architecture firm and they needed photos of their uh, buildings that they just built. So they built, um, I believe it was, I don't remember what building it was, but it's somewhere in here in town. They just built it fresh off the assembly line. Is that what buildings come off? I don't know. Yes. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All buildings come off an assembly line. Yes. (laughs) But uh, it was just freshly built. And so they needed a photo of it to put in their catalog. And they were going to fly this guy out from Japan to do it. And this guy is a famous photographer. I've seen his work. It's beautiful. I mean, he just takes these gorgeous images. And um, he he suddenly couldn't make it to that shoot. And so they were scrambling, like, who who can take this photo? Who can take this photo? And I raised my hand in the meeting. And I'm like, I have a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, do you want to do it? And I'm like, I'll try. You know, I never tried. I never done it, but I'll try. So I went out and took photos of this building. And um, they loved the product. They, they thought it was great. And looking back at that building, like the photo I took, I'm horrified. But sure. But at the time, they, they thought it was great, and that's exactly what they needed. And then they paid me on top of being an employee. So that was my first kind of wake-up call. Like, I can actually do this. And it doesn't have to be just a hobby. I can actually make money for it because this is a thing that people need. This is a thing that people want. So it, it was one of those things where I started to explore other avenues of like, huh, how can I make this work? And then... Once I got that first taste, it was, okay, I'm all in. I love it. That's it's a hobby, and it can make me money. I'm all in. It's great. So It's really crazy how that happens when, you, when you're the guy with the camera, and somebody needs something, and you raise your hand. Right? I did the same thing my first wedding. Um, it was my first couple years. I had no idea what I was doing, but I had a camera, and one of the teachers that I was teaching with, she was like, hey, you're the, you're the guy with the camera. Can you do my wedding? I was like, no, are you kidding me? And she's like, no, I want you to do it. I don't really care. I wouldn't have a photographer without you. So um, my wife and I, we both did it. My wife, I can't remember what the camera I had. Uh, I think it was the 10D, the old Canon, the 10D or the 20D, one of the two. And my wife had a Pro 1. Did you ever see the Pro 1? Canon, it was like a point and shoot. Not really a point and shoot. It was an advanced they called it like an advance. It was the only at the time uh, non-interchangeable camera that Canon had that had the red, you know, the L lens on, but it was on a, you know, little eight megapixel. Um, so we shot that together and um, it kind of spurred me and my wife, both of us to, uh, to do it because like you said, somebody saw her pictures and said, Hey, these are really good. I would like to hire you. And now that I look back, I'm like, who would have hired me for that stuff? Because it was yeah, bad. your first photos are mortifying, and I, I see those. And I'm just like, oh my god! Like the first wedding I did, like they loved the photos at the time. Yeah. And then I look back at them and I just cringe. I'm just like, oh my god! But like that's how it starts. You know, you do one thing and other people see it, and then it just it goes from there. So. Sure. So then you quit your engineering job at some point, right? Yeah. So I, I <laughs> probably not very wise, but I stepped out of that because. <laughs> Okay. I decided that photography is what I wanted to do. And sure. um, it just went from there. And, but like I said, it was probably not very wise. Hindsight, looking back, I probably should have stayed a little longer in engineering. <laughs> you know, do some savings, make some money, yada, yada, yada. But um, I, it, was one of the, it was one of the better choices I made. I mean, I, I needed to be out there and to see what this would lead to. And it's been great. It hasn't been all bad. It's been great. And you, like, you didn't jump in with a plan then, really. You just were like, all right, so I'm just going to do this thing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I didn't have a plan, and that, that's, like I said, that's where I look back and be like, maybe I should have laid out the track a little better, but it, it, it ended up it ended up being okay. I mean, ultimately, it ended it, up being okay, and it was one of the better moves that I made. I mean, I was way happier, um, way less stressed, more relaxed. 
I've met so many people and was able to talk to so many people through that decision that I wouldn't have if I had been working uh, nine to five. So it's 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 been a good move. It has been a good move. So sure, and it's something that I mean, are you still you're still working on it, right? You're still in the process of moving forward. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm still moving forward. I'm still trying to explore new markets and still um, just getting my name out there. That's all it's all about, and having fun too. So, well, no, and that's something that I think is. Um, you know, when I look at my life and I love teaching and um, I just don't know what kind of life I'd be living without that artistic output, right? With some kind of side thing where I feel a connection to, for instance, going outside and capturing the beauty that I see out there. You know, you on your on your Instagram, you say exploring nature through photography, right? Um, when did like nature just became your thing? Is it because you've always been like that or or, you know, how that I. You know, that's a really good question, and I don't really know where it came from. Um, the only thing I can think of is I took a trip to Haiti in 2007. Okay. And this was back in my uh, college days, and I was trying to be a civil engineer. And uh, that's ultimately what my degree was in. But um, I was trying to be an environmental engineer. And I went with a professor from the university to Haiti, and we were doing water research. But I had my 5-megapixel um, point-and-shoot. I took that with sure. me. And I would, we would take these long hikes into the mountains in Haiti. Um, and I would take these pictures and just take pictures. And so I have a card full of just photos. And so my, my professor that I was with saw these photos and he's like, wow, those are gorgeous. Like you have a really good eye is what he told me. And I was like, didn't believe him because that's what people say when they see stuff yeah. and they're supposed to come. So, um, sure. that's the only time that I remember really enjoying nature photos and like really the way the earth moves and the way nature moves and water and, and those kind of things. And I really enjoyed that. So that's kind of what I fell back into when I got my first camera. And so you now have been selling your art. Is that true? Yes. And so at art shows or how does that work? How do you do that? Oh, wow. Um, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Um, I mostly do independent sales. So you may have seen that I put photos up on Instagram and say, hey, prints for sale and people have at sure. it. I've done the art show thing. I've sold at art shows. Uh, just various places that would just have me. Um, mostly coffee shops. Excuse me. And um, some some art venues too. Before the whole COVID thing was going to go down, I had a uh, art show scheduled in late March for um, at Firethorn Golf Club. And that was going to be the big show because I had a lot of wall space and I was planning on making all these prints and and people were coming through and it's a lot of like, it's a lot of that kind of thing, you know, just engaging with your audience, selling directly. Um, I've also worked with interior designers who are, um, it, when they build new, when new buildings are being built, new clinics, new hospitals, um, they work with interior designers a lot and they buy a lot sure. of my art through that. So the interior designer will approach me and say, hey, we need 30 pictures of mountains, what do you got? And I'll show them all my mountain pictures and they select them, and then they tell me what to print, and then they pay me from there. So there's that. So it's just, it's all kind of all over the place. But, I mean, it's mostly just who wants the images, where do they go, and how do I get it to the people? Yeah. And, and, and Joshua, you, you talked about, real briefly, you were about to buy a bunch of prints for that art show, right? Did you ever – did you buy them? No. Okay. So you got lucky, right? I got lucky. And the reason why I didn't buy them is I, I kind of saw the way that the, the curve was going. And – um this is about late February and you know, this is when things are finally are shutting down and people are announcing like they're canceling things. And the, so I got in touch with the, the golf club and I said, Hey, are we, are we, are we canceling this? And they're like, Nope, we're good. And I was like, okay, but I didn't buy any prints cause I kind of figured that as we approached that was going to change. Yeah. So I didn't do anything and that's probably not smart on my part, but no man, because I mean, there's a lot of people out there that were, I think, you know, I used to do art shows and I know that a lot of people that were doing those, the summertime art shows were their main event. That was what they basically lived on for the rest of the year. Um, and they liked that lifestyle. They liked traveling. They liked doing all that stuff. So a lot of those people didn't have like an online infrastructure. And I feel really bad for some of those people that are probably struggling that are, that are worried about, you know, those artists that are out there that are worried. Yeah, yeah, and it's really scary because uh, I've, I've I've seen people who were going to have, they were on track to have their best years ever. And then this happens, and it just derails the whole train. And I was just like, oh, it, it hurts. And um, I, I think the, the, the golf club show was probably going to be a big show. Like, I was anticipating it being a big show. And You were excited. You were going to make some money, and yeah. 
it was going to be a money maker. It was going to be great. And it's not about the money either. It's more about like the contacts I would have made and the people I would have met. Like it would have been just a great show, you know, because it's always fun to meet people at the art shows, right? Talk yeah. To them. Yeah. That's the whole point. That's why I do art shows um, is, is to talk to my audience and, and, and to see what they're saying and have them look at the art in person, because there is a difference between in-person art and the, the thing you see on the screen. And so. Oh man, you can make you can make a lot of stuff look pretty on a little Instagram screen, but make it look pretty on a big print is a whole different ballgame. It's right? a whole different ballgame, and so like, and then people enjoy seeing. But when you can have the consistency of when people see on the screen and they're wowed by it, and you can see the big print and they're wowed by it, like that's the consistency that you need to have. But it was it was it was going to be a good show, and I was looking forward to it. But you know, we got to adapt, and things happen. Yeah, so one of the things that uh, you had said previously that you want to talk about, and this is a really good one for people to think about or people that are they're going through right now, is how are you staying creative at this time, right? So we're we're kind of locked in. We can't we don't have a lot of impact, or um, you know we don't have a lot of contact with a lot of other people. How are you staying creative as a, as an artist? Um, it's not easy because you're you're kind of limited in where you can go and what you can do. Um, I I still think that. I can, well, if you're not in a lockdown order, that helps. <laughs> sure. Um, so what I've been doing is I would just take uh, trips to the local lake here, like uh, Branched Oak and those kind of things. Not going too far out. Being yeah. by myself, taking my camera. You know, I, I always wear a mask when I'm out. But I, w- I would still go out and try to see what's outside, um, especially being a landscape photographer. I've also been getting into a lot of macro stuff. So I have a little macro lens. and I've, been- I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of the things is that it, it, I don't have to go far for that either. I can just go right outside my backyard. And today was a, was a great day. It started raining. And so one of my favorite things to photograph is dew drops on leaves. So I would go out and do those things. So it's, it's kind of taking what you normally do and just being and adapting it to what you can do. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been trying to do, trying to stay active, trying to get some fresh air, get outside, still do my nature stuff, but just kind of put a different spin on it because I can't travel too far these days. Yeah, we're lucky that we're not at a stay-at-home order. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, you want to be conscious as, like, an artist. Like, I've gone on a couple trips through Nebraska and into South Dakota a little bit, but I still try to stay away, you know, from, from having contact. And, yeah. Um, you know, you still want to be conscious of everybody else. Um, but that's just one of those things, right? You, tr- you try to be every, be part of a society that takes care of each other. Yeah, yeah, and and you got to be careful. Um, I if I do this, I'm not in a bunch. I'm not in areas with a bunch of people. I you know I go out to Branch Oak Lake, and if I see a bunch of people, I, I will go the other way and just try to be off by myself. Um, just trying to keep those contacts low, and just you know make sure other people are safe, and make sure myself is safe as well. Well, um, looking through your photographs, right? Um, you really haven't been shooting for like for that long, but man, you are. Your stuff is is world class. I gotta say, uh, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> oh no, it, I mean it really is. You know, you and you're also really consistent. I think I see, I see a lot of Instagrammers that were or just photographers. Sorry, um, where I see them kind of bend to the style of the day. You know, and there's some styles right now that are out there that are pretty filtered, or the you know the blacks are raised and stuff like that. Um, but through your entire portfolio, I I just see natural timeless photos that you could put out on a wall right now and it's going to be just as classic and timeless in like 20 or 30 or 50 years is that like a conscious effort on your part you know it really is um one of the things i said to a friend was i always want to keep that look of what was actually there and how it looked to my eye when i was there don't want to go too far beyond that i have on some photos just because it was a cool effect um but I don't want to get too far beyond the natural what was already there. And um, I, I see a lot of Instagrammers or photographers in general, they do bend to the, the, the style of the day, I suppose. But I mean, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of keep a consistent, this is natural. This is something that you're going to look at. You can go to that spot right now and see the same thing. Um, I, I wanted to keep that. And it, it's it's something that, I don't know. It, it's 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 become kind of a, my thing. It's just something that I look at, and it, it's pleasing to see something that's natural and something that looks good. Another thing that inspires me that makes me feel really bad sometimes because I'm like, man, I am so lazy. Is that you, <laughs> you, you dedicate yourself to getting out at the time, you know, the the golden hour, and um, you get some starry nights. I mean, you are really you're you're doing it at the time where 
you know, it produces great results. I am waking up at like nine o'clock in the morning and I'm getting to the location at like one o'clock and the sun is directly and then I'm pretty soon I'm tired and I'm like, I'm going home. But you're out there like, you know, I'm still sleeping and you're doing stuff. Yeah. And I, like I said, now that I work full time, I really can't do a lot of that anymore, which it's kind of sad, but like I, I yeah. used to wake up at two in the morning and it's like, well, the, the Milky Way has risen. Let's go get some shots, you know, and uh, it, I love photography that much to where like I know exactly like what I want, when I want to do it and time of day doesn't matter. I just want to get out there and get that shot. I it, it may look like I'm being really meticulous about when I go out, but that's yeah. not always the case. I mean, I always have this theory that no matter what time you hit a place, you're going to find something that you're looking for no matter what time you're there. So it's just best to get out when you can and go when you can, even if it's not at the golden hour or some special hour. Yeah, that's my motto. I try to tell people I want I want those dark shadows. Yeah. And it's cool. You know, you can work with that. You can work with you can work with anything. And that's one of those things that as a photographer, you get better at. Yeah. Um, you're the creator. So you're you you get what you want, you know. Um, you're, you're getting more into macros. So I'm looking at some of your macros. Um, that is kind of a landscape within a landscape, right? It's a whole other world down there. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, fractals, you know, like what's big here. And then you go down and there's like, there's mountains that, that exist on like the, the, the microplane and it is, it, it, so the framing is the same. It's all the same, you know, like you, you find those things and you're like, oh, I can frame this this way. I can put this this way. And this looks like a, a river going through something when it can be really tiny. So uh, it's the same kind of principles, just on a smaller scale. Yeah, I'm looking at one. It looks like a big mountain. What is it? It's um, it. It's like a, it looks like a like a log, maybe. And there's a, a bunch of moss on, on it and there's a little part that's sticking out. Yeah. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I think I know which one to talk about. Is there? Is it, it was, like all black? Yeah. And yeah, like it looks little... like. Yeah, um, I think that one was in um, Wilderness Park, I believe that's where that was. If I'm thinking of the right image. And it, it's the same principles. Like, I look for the same elements. It's it's texture, it's colors, it's to, like, you know, it's just those kind of elements that just exist everywhere. And it's, it's really fun. Like, macro, ma macro can get me lost, but... I have to not do too many macros. I feel like it's not quite in my style. I try to stay in a style and try to stay in a, in a consistent pattern. And I have a lot of macros that I haven't shared yet because I don't think it fits with the, the pattern. But, you know, man, you know what? I think your pattern is just nature photography and like the beauty that you find out there. I, I think it fits. I was looking through it and I was um, it just seeing it, it seems to, to, to sync with everything else you're doing, in my opinion. Yeah, thanks. And I ran into an L.A. photographer because I, I used to run in LA a little bit and he, he looked at my work and he was like I like your work but it's not consistent and he was looking at my Instagram and he, and he showed me an Instagram that would be consistent he's like see how this person has the same filter and has the same thing like that's a consistent Instagram you'll get more followers if you're more consistent and I was like screw that man I don't want to do that like I want to just do whatever I want and yeah no I hear you you know there's too many people I think and that's I've, I think you might have been there I know I've been there before where I'm like man I don't want to post this because the Instagram followers I've built up is not going to like this. And then, you know, I'm like, that's just ridiculous. Like, what do I really, you know, does it really matter? <laughs> yeah. And hopefully they see you as an authentic artist. That's always sharing new stuff. And they, they, they appreciate that. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it, I want to change and grow as an artist too. I don't want to keep shooting the same stuff. You see my work from when I first started. And now, I mean, a lot of it's the same, them it's the same thematically, but, you know, I want to change and I want to grow and I want to keep pushing the envelope. I don't want to just keep sticking with the same thing over and over, you know, so. And how you, you took, you took some, uh, used to have a lot of portraits. Yeah. I have a separate portrait Instagram, which unfortunately I haven't had time to grow a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I do portraits every now and then and I, I, I enjoy them, but it has to be, I have to be in the right mood and have to be in the right setting and things kind of have to come together. And sometimes things don't always come together <laughs> in the right way for me to do a portrait. So. And you're, you've, how many weddings have you done? Just curious. Oh boy. Uh, one, two, I think I've done about five now. Five. So not that many, cause I don't like to do them. They're just, it's too much work. <laughs> They're brutal, aren't they? Oh God. I mean, 11, almost like 11 hours on your feet. It's just, cause I get there early when the bride is getting ready and putting on the makeup and whew, it, it's, it's a task. It's a task. Dude, I got over a hundred of those on my belt. Like it's, it's insanity. I know. <laughs> well, that, that's one of the reasons, like, 
I went to uh, Fuji. I changed my camera system to Fuji. This this you know a lot smaller because I was breaking down. My old man body was just destroyed at the end of the night. And those cameras get heavy. You don't realize how heavy they are, but like carrying them for four or five hours a night, you're, it starts to dig into your shoulder and your neck, and you're just like, ah, I just want to go home. I yep. mean, it's, it's, it's insane. That's why mirrorless has probably been so popular. They're easy to carry, and they're lighter weight. Yeah, so what do you, what do you shoot? I shoot with a Canon 6D, big dinosaur, okay. the first 6D. Yeah, yeah full frame. It's great camera though yeah i enjoy it and it's got gps which is really impressive and um i keep forgetting to use the gps but i'm glad it has it <laughs> <laughs> so how do you tag do you tag your photos with your your locations with your phone then i'm starting yeah i'm starting to well i used to just memorize it like oh i remember i took this photo in this place and yeah. it kind of bit me um i was in alaska and we were traveling to a lot of places and i was like oh, i remember where this is and then i look at my thing and i'm like i have no idea where this is yeah, and my friend is like, you need to start using the GPS. And I was like, oh, I forgot I had GPS. So the next time I was in Alaska, I turned on the GPS and it was very convenient. It tagged every location. I didn't have to remember anything. I still forget. I still forget to go. I, and I do this all the time. And I forget to take a photo uh, with my phone to GPS it. And I have no idea how to get back. And people ask me, like, where is that location? And they're like, you're being you're being a jerk because you're not telling me. I'm like, no, man, I, I, I really have no idea. Yeah, I really don't remember because I was stupid and didn't write down the location or didn't tag it. So, yeah, I, I had that happen to me a lot. Where is that? I I couldn't tell you. Sorry. Um. OK, so how'd you get into the abandoned stuff? That seems to be a theme as well. The abandoned stuff? Yeah, the abandoned like barns, farms. Oh, boy. Um, I probably shouldn't say this on air. Um, I used to. <laughs> My brother and I used to go into abandoned houses all the time. We used to just walk in. And we had some rules to follow where, like, if the door is open, you can walk in. Don't ever break sure. in, but if it's open, yes. you can walk in. If it doesn't okay. look structurally sound, don't go in. And the last rule was don't take anything out of the house no matter what you find. Yeah, it's like the bike riders, like, leave no trace, right? Right. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started. And um, I, I would go into abandoned houses. Uh, my grandmother lived in Arkansas, and we would visit her. And we would go into abandoned houses in Arkansas with our cameras, little point and shoots. And we'd document what was in the houses. And one of them got really crazy. And I'm talking like a supernatural level, but that's another story from the day. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> really? Yeah. No kidding. Um, real quick, uh, we went into this one in Arkansas. And it looked like the family had just picked up and just skedaddled, like just left. All the okay, stuff so was, everything was still there, right? Everything was still there. Clothes, clothes were still in the closets. Food was still on the shelf. It smelled bad. Sure. Uh, the cans of food had been, they were rotten, but they were still there. They were like in mason jars. Um, there was just all this stuff everywhere. And, and we went in and we get to the back part of the house. And then my battery and my camera, we had just changed the batteries. It just kills immediately. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. And we go into the back and there's this pot of fresh flowers in the back of the house. Okay. And I'm like, What's this doing here? And we can tell it was fresh because, like, somebody had just placed it there. And then we go further back and we smell this horrible smell of decay and death. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And in the corner, so the roof had fallen into this portion of the house. Okay. And the corner was this, it looked like a dog, but it was huge. But it was dead. Oh, man. Yeah. And then my brother's camera killed and then my friend's camera killed. And we're like, you know what? It's time to go. <laughs> we're getting oh, out of here. dude. Yeah, so I left that, day. but that, that was a weird, it was a weird experience, and it kind of felt creepy in there too. Like you could feel the hair stand up in the back of your neck. So it was a really creepy, creepy house. Yeah, that's weird. I, you know, it's, this is not supernatural, but I went out to a uh, abandoned school like a month ago, and I was walking up to it, and it's this big, you know, those old abandoned high schools that are in the small towns. Yeah. And I was walking up to it, you know, going to take some photos, and I just hear this banging, and I, man, it was like, oh my god, I was scared to death. I thought somebody was coming after me or something but then i saw that there was a bird stuck inside it was trying to get out i was like oh, oh. my thank thank okay. goodness <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah. <laughs> i would have been like Pew! out of there yeah out so so you got into so you were you were hanging out doing that stuff um and you just continued to kind of like those places is that is that right yeah so what happened was after that like i was i used to do that but then like after we would leave i would turn around and look at the house and it just i just like that look of things kind of falling apart um the the i don't know why i don't know why i just like that look i guess it's the colors and the textures again you know you get the rust colors that come out and then like 
if there's some old paint on it, it's all chipping away, and I just like that look. So I would always, before I left any house, I would go around and then take a picture with my point-and-shoot because I just like the look of decay, which sounds odd. I'm sorry. That sounds really weird, but... <laughs> No, it's beautiful. I mean, it, another thing that, you know, you do as a photographer is you tell stories, right? So these places have stories that you capture with your with your camera. Right. And there's a history there and trying to figure out, man, who lived here? Why did this happen? Why is this abandoned now? What happened in that house in Arkansas? Why is everything still on the shelf? Did they just pick up and leave? What was what was the story behind that? And that fascinates me about abandoned things like what? How did this get here? What is this? Yeah, story I. Here? I used to be, I used to do the same thing as you. I'd go into the houses and I don't do that anymore because I'm just smarter now. And, you know, I, I just don't want to get in trouble or, you know, I've heard too many stories of people, uh, you know, falling through the wood or getting a cut on something. I'm just like, man, I'm done with that. Yeah. And I don't do that anymore. But if I see a abandoned structure, I will go up to it and take a picture of it, but I'm not going oh, yeah. there. Absolutely. I, I, my favorite of yours, I think, and, and I've looked at a lot of your stuff, is that Union, uh, what's it called? Union Sunset, Sunset? It's on your website? Yes, yes, the Union Sunset, yeah. Oh, I, man, that's that one is... of those ones where I didn't tag the location. I can't find it again. Is it in Nebraska? <laughs> it's in Nebraska. It's in Union, Nebraska, so it's out of the east. But <laughs> but where, yeah, I, it's, it's beautiful, man. I mean, it's just one of those photos that um, I, I find myself, I could stare at it for a long time. Yeah, and it was it was an accidental find is what that was. So you're saying that I didn't know where that was. I was driving along around that area because I was looking for something to take a photo of, and I turn a corner, and bam, there that was. And I was like, oh, my God, and the sun is setting, and I was like, I got to get this. So it's kind of one yeah. of those happenstance photos. So Do you use a tripod? Yeah, I do. I use a tripod. Okay. Um, not all the time. depends on the situation, but uh, for most of the time when, when you're seeing a low-light situation like the sunsets, or the night stuff, yeah, I am using a tripod. And I have to because there's, you know, there's no other way well, around yeah. that. No, man, I just I just love that one. That, you said you put that on a, a calendar. Do you, do you do a yearly calendar? Yeah, I do a yearly calendar. That started in 2016 going into 2017. And um, I decided, why not just do a calendar, see what happens? And the response has been huge. That's one of my biggest money makers every year is the calendars. And and, you've been featured on Visit Nebraska quite a bit. Yeah, Um Visit Nebraska, Nebraska Game and Parks, Nebraska Land. All those people have featured my art, which is great. I mean, it's a great honor. I, I'm always surprised. I'm like, they got that one? What? <laughs> so sure. it's, it's, it's fun, and I like, I, I like it. It's, it's fun. It's a good feeling. Have you ever reached out to do any kind of like editorial work or anything like that with any of the magazines or any of the you know, Midwest-based publications or things out there? You know, I really haven't, and I don't know why, but I just really haven't, and I should do that. Um, I think I, I'm trying to think, I reached out to them a long time ago when I was first starting and I had no business reaching out to anybody cause I didn't know anything, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I haven't done it in a while. And I, I guess part of me, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't done it. I don't, I can't even explain it, but I just haven't done it. Maybe I will this year. You should, man. Cause I think, uh, you know, I, uh, gosh, you have such a catalog of amazing work. Um, have you ever tried to do anything with your back sock? Like, have you ever done licensing yeah uh a lot of the, i have a lot of photos that i haven't released and those aren't to my opinion they aren't up to par to release like it's not something that i enjoy so like i give those to uh like licensing like adobe stock or i give those sure. to just those kind of websites and i've got a few hits on them so it's it's nice but sometimes i take a lot of different angles when i'm in the field and the angles that i don't think quite make the cut they go to stock and the other ones go to instagram so yeah, and actually, I've used your your account before. I've used this photo in class before. So um, you've got a couple different versions of the Union Sunset um, from a couple, right? A couple different angles. Um, and so I show my students that, and I, you know, we talk about which one works for them and which one they, you know, don't don't like as much. Um, but I, I could see um, you also have a recent one where there's an abandoned house in the background and you t you have like three shots you have a wide you have a shot of just like the windmill and then you have a shot of just like the what's on the ground in focus in the background blurry yeah that was in january wasn't it that was in january i think that's uh shelby nebraska it says january 9th yep yeah so i like to do that just because I, I when if i find a cool location i want to try to get as many angles of it as possible because number one it's more content for the instagram <laughs> 
And number sure. two, it, 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 I want to force myself to look at something from multiple perspectives, you know, from on the ground, from as a wide, from close, like just kind of seeing what works best. And sometimes it all works best. Sometimes I like them all. Sometimes one works better than the other. Sometimes, you know, but it's just, it's one of those things where if I'm shooting, I'm out there trying to absorb everything I can in the location. Because, I mean, we have digital cameras. We can take thousands of photos. Like, let's use that capability. There's no reason to short yourself, right? Is that one of your bits? Of, you know, I always ask people advice for other photographers who are, you know, maybe where you were at when you first picked up that Rebel XS. Um, you know, you just gave, I think, some great advice. That's some really good stuff is that when you find something to shoot, whether I think it's a portrait or whether it's a landscape, um, whatever it is to try to find to walk around the perimeter right and 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 find the different angles and it's 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 like exploration you're you're you find something cool and let's let's see all of its angles to see all the sides because you might walk up to that location and you see that one angle and you're like that's it that's the money shot then you might go around to the backside and you're like wait a minute that's a better shot so yeah i didn't even see that back there right that's like a lot yeah, yeah. Never like just take that one thing. Like just see what else is there. And sometimes that is the money shot. The one that you see is the money shot. But oftentimes it's the hidden stuff that you don't see. And there may be something on the ground that can present itself as a good focal piece to the uh, overall scene. So you just got to look all around. You got to look around. What other advice do you have for people starting out? Just shoot. Shoot as much as you can. Shoot everything. I shouldn't say shoot. Photograph everything. I'm going to say that. That's a better term. <laughs> Photograph. I do that too. I know. I, I I try to I try to change. It's hard, man, to change that shoot. Right. I always say that too. It's so casual. Photograph everything. Photograph everything from different angles. Um, play around. Experiment. Try things. Sometimes the thing that you're looking at isn't what will be the best thing. Just photograph as much as you can. Get that practice in, and don't be afraid to fail. Sometimes a shot won't work. Even if you're at a wedding and you try a shot, sometimes it doesn't work. But hey. You never know. You ever have a photo that you don't like and somebody else loves it? Or oh, yeah. Vice versa? Oh, yeah. I hate that. I hate that. Yeah. I have this one photo. It's, uh, I hate it. And I don't know why I hate it, but I hate it. Oh, I know why I hate it because I see everything I did wrong with it. Okay. Um, but it's a tractor and there's a Milky Way going behind it. It's an old one. It's an oldie. Okay. It's all the way down probably in like when I first started. It, okay. All right. I, I'll show it to you sometime, but it, it's a tractor and it's got a Milky Way going about. Everybody loves that shot and I hate it. I hate it hate that shot so what do you see in it that nobody else does the framing of the tractor is wrong i i didn't put it in the right spot so like i should have backed up a few inches you know it's that kind of thing i should have backed up it should be further away it should have more landscape to it the tractor is so close to the the camera it's just it just doesn't look good to me like i i know if i had it to do it all over again i back up i give that tractor some space i make the sky the focal point and make it way better but in that photo the tractor is like it literally takes up like 60% of the photo and I just do you know where that tractor could be do you, is it still out there it's gone it's oh gone. you checked yeah. it's gone it's gone yeah I did check it's gone uh, I, I know I used to see the guy working with it I think it just finally broke down it was an old tractor yeah I think it just finally broke down and he got rid of it but I, it was, it's kind of annoying because I wish it was still there what kind of you have any cool stories from the road besides the haunted house the uh you know, meeting people out there. You know, one of one of my great joys of photography is meeting some of the people that I find on the road. Um, yeah. What about you? What What do you What do you What do you like about it? I I like the adventure. I like that the anything goes kind of thing that happens. Um, my favorite story is when I was in driving to uh, the Badlands in South sure. Dakota, and I'm driving through and I'm taking photos, and I'm with my friend, and. Uh, <laughs> We see in the road these giant donkeys. There's like 80 of these things. There's so many of them. And so I'm like... Donkeys? Donkeys, yeah, just giant <laughs> donkeys. And I'm like, okay, okay this is weird. Or mules. or I don't know what they were. They were, they were looked like horses, but they were small. So I'm thinking of right. whatever. And so I'm driving my car, and I drive my little Chrysler. So I have like a Chrysler four-door sedan, Sebring. So I have no business driving this thing in the Badlands anyway. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I'm driving and I pull up and all the donkeys are like, hey, new, I guess my car hadn't been washed in a long time. Like I sometimes go long periods of time without washing my car. So it's covered <laughs> in salt. And so they thought, hey, here's this giant rolling piece of salt. So they all just converge on my car and they're all licking it and the car is shaking. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I can't honk. <laughs> 
I can't haunt because it's going to scare them. I don't know what they're going to do if they get scared. There's like a lot of them. <laughs> start start kicking your car. Yeah. And so I can't drive through them because I don't want to hurt these things. And I'm just like, I, I don't know what to do. So they're just licking my car. And so I'm like slowly edging through these donkeys. And so I finally get out and my car is just covered in slime. And oh. uh, it's just <laughs> insane. So did you get any photos of that? I have photos of some of the donkeys. They were just huge. And my friend rolled the window down by accident. And so one of them <laughs> sticks its head in the window. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, this is this is how I die. Terrible. This is how I die. This is it. Surrounded by giant donkeys in the Badlands. In the Badlands, rolling your car over or something. In the... <laughs> that is hilarious, man. I You know, the only thing I've... You ever been stuck in a storm? You've got some storm stuff. Uh, I haven't been stuck in a storm too much. I'm plugging my laptop in. Sorry. Oh, you're, oh, you're good, good, you're good. good. I haven't been stuck in any storms. Uh, I've had to pull over because the rain got really bad. Yeah. Um, there's that. But I haven't really got stuck in any storms. Uh, the closest would be, I have one, I have a photo called Omen. And it's okay. these little houses, You could, it's these houses and you can see this giant storm kind of billowing above it. I got almost caught in that because uh, I was too close to the storm. And the minute I take that picture, I get back in my car and then it just dumps like nickel-sized Tons. hail on my car so i, I probably yeah. shouldn't a little close a little close call there but i know man those storm chasers are crazy those, I, those I guys love, are i love it i'm sorry i love it i want to do so much more of it <laughs> well dude i got i got like i you know i'm usually not very scared i i'm i go out in the middle of nowhere and i don't even have sometimes i don't even know where my spare tire is if i have one right it's terrible i'm stupid but i got stuck in a storm once and i was scared to freaking death i heard the train you know, they always say that there's like a, if you hear like a train, there's a tornado, man, I heard a train. I, I was like, I swear to God, there's a tornado right next to me. And I was thinking about if I could like call my wife, and <laughs> like I'm going to tell her goodbye and all this stuff. And then it just went away like a few minutes later. But man, I'll never forget that. I was just freaking freaked out. It was horrible. That's crazy. Yeah. Nothing like that's ever happened to me. I think the closest to was I had a video of a tornado uh, last year. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. But I was working at the airport at the time because I, I picked up a little shift at the airport washing cars because I just pick up odd jobs. Sure. And uh, I, I photographed that on my shift. And then the cops were like, you got to get inside. We're all going to take cover. And I was like, OK. So I spent the next three hours in the basement of the airport with a bunch of people. And you know what? We have to when this is all over with, we have to get out and do a joint photo trip somewhere. somewhere man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to teach me how to do the astro stuff. I've never done that. You never done the astro stuff? No, ever. I've not even tried. It's actually not too hard. It's actually really easy. And what kind of lens do you use for that? Um, you, I use, I have a Rokinon 14 millimeter f 2.8. Okay. I picked it up. It actually came with the 6D. I bought my 6D used, and it came with that. And somebody was just saying, "Hey, take this lens, throw it in there." I was like, "I can use this because I know exactly what I can use it for." It's wide, and um, that aperture is going to allow you to capture the most light for the stars in the Milky Way. So um, I like that lens. It does a really good job. It's, uh, but you need, a, you need a lens with like a 2.8 aperture or below to do like Milky Way stuff. Really effectively gotcha. do it. I got to find my tripod. I don't even know where my tripod is. You need a tripod. <laughs> I, 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 dude, I know. I pretend to be a photographer, like I, but I am so janky. I am so bad about things sometimes. I don't bring a tripod with me. And I've been out there before, and I'm like, I, I need a tripod, and I don't have one. So <laughs> That's the beauty of photography, though. Like, I, I was telling somebody today, I just felt like such an amateur. He was asking me, like, how did you get to this point? And I was like, God, I just feel like I'm just starting. Like, I, I, I break so many rules, and I don't do the right things. I mean, I just – I mean, I still set so – I, I forget my tripod all the time, and so I end up just setting my camera on, like, a bunch of rocks. Sure. Uh, my car. My, I've used my car before. I mean, you do whatever you can to make the shot work. That's the beauty of photography. Is you don't have to have all the gear. I mean, as long as you can make the shot work, that's the beauty of it. See that? I think that's your best advice right there. Like that's that's really good stuff, right? Yeah. Future. Okay, so Joshua, future plans. What are you working towards with your photography? Where do you want to be in like ten years? Oh God, uh, <laughs> Nat Geo. No. <laughs> Nat Geo. All right. Why not? No, you know what? Uh, from the beginning, when I first started out with photography, my goal was to be a traveling photographer. By any means necessary. And by traveling, I mean I go where I want to go. I see the things I want to see. And I'm selling my art, and that fuels the next adventure. And I want to take people along with me, too. Like, I want to I have, like, a, 
a, a video series where I'm explaining what I'm doing and I'm teaching photography and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the thing I love. Like that's, that's kind of where this is all going from the beginning. I want to travel. I want to teach this to other people because photography, it freed me. It, it, it just sounds cheesy, but it, it actually, it freed me up. It made me, it, it gave me a sense of peace and it, and it, and it freed me. So I want to give that to other people because this has been such a cool thing that I've discovered that I think it can be cool for other people. So that's why I freely give knowledge. If somebody asks me, hey, what do you use? What do you shoot? I freely give that because I want people to have what I have. And it's, it's amazing. Joshua, absolutely, man. That's not cheesy at all. I think that's one of those things where that's where I'm at too. I, I, I just love teaching and telling people, you know, to go ahead and shoot. And, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to stand up against is the, some of the negativity on the internet. You know, I, I saw somebody post something on, on Facebook in the Nebraska through the lens. And she said, I, you know, I took out the sky and I put a different sky in there. And there was like some people that just attacked her and they're like, well, that's not a landscape photograph. If that's not, you know, it's just like, there's really no right way to do this stuff. Like it's like about using your camera and your creativity and having fun and getting better and sharing it with people as far as like being in a community. Um, so what you just said is, is, is really beautiful, man. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, to that point, I was going to say that uh, we're making art here. Like however you choose to make your art, that's what it is. I mean, I mean, I remember the great um, HDR debate that used to rage on in the uh, Nebraska through the lens. Absolutely, man. I, people got so bad. Like, I hate that. It like, it was successful, but like if somebody likes what they're looking at and if you can give somebody a, a, an image and it resonates with them, like who, who cares if the sky was replaced or who cares if it's HDR? I mean, that's what the whole point is. You're making art, yeah. making something that it people is can art, look man. at, something that's beautiful. Like let's just lighten up, you know? No, Yo, you, I mean, you listed, uh, Ansel Adams as one of your, uh, um, inspirations and, um, he, in the dark room, he wouldn't manipulate those things like crazy, you know, t- turn the sky black and it wasn't black, you know? <laughs> See, people don't know that. And like some of the same techniques we use on Photoshop and Lightroom, that's what they were doing back then, just in the analog version. You know, we're, we're, we're doing the digital version, but that's what they were doing back then. So like they were creating art. They knew what to do. They knew where to put the shadows, where to put the blacks to get the art that they want. That's what I like about Ansel Adams. He knew where to put things just to get what he wanted. And that's, that's fine. That's okay. That's art. But there wasn't like a uh, there wasn't a Facebook for people to be able to go and attack him. You know, that's uh, you suck, Ansel. Yeah, <laughs> that's not photography. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, Joshua, is there anything else we didn't cover you want to talk about for a second or anything else you want to say? Um, I just want to say that photography is great. I like it. I, I I'm in love with the craft and I, I want other people to love it, too. So if anybody has any questions, feel free to follow my Instagram and. Ask me anything. I'll answer any question. I'm, I'm open. I'm an open book. And Joshua, I'm going to put, make sure that we put the Instagram on the, on the show notes and all that stuff. And I'll share all, all your, or your, your website and, and I'll post all that out there. So hopefully somebody gets in touch with you and, uh, man, it's been really good talking to you. We got to get out there and shoot. Yeah. We got to keep going and this COVID stuff won't last forever. So we'll be back on the, in the field pretty soon. All right. Well, thanks so much for being on and, uh, you have a good night. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you.